My name's Eileen Townsend, and I'm the editor of the Northern Logger and Timber Processor, a trade magazine for the forest products industry that's based out of the Adirondack Mountains in New York State. Hi there. So this episode of the Northern Logger podcast took us on the road with Tina Diamond. Tina represents something of a rarity in the industry. She's a woman truck driver, and she's been driving trucks since she was in her early 20s. Uh, She's known around New Hampshire, where she lives and works, for having a very light touch on the pedal and generally for being a great driver. And, you know, as everybody listening to this podcast probably knows, trucking is a trying industry, and it's especially trying for people like Tina, who've raised families. So I had a great time riding with her while she made deliveries around New Hampshire and speaking with her about what makes her so good at her job. Uh, Here's a hint, it has something to do with being a sheep farmer and a knitter in her spare time. So we've got an interview with her coming up, but before we get started, we've got a couple news items this week. First of all, I wanted to touch on an issue that's actually in our backyard here in uh, New York State, where our magazine is published and where this podcast is produced, uh, which is something that we've reported on previously, and that's proposed changes to New York State's forestry tax law. So landowners in New York will be familiar with 480A, which is a plan that provides tax incentives for forest owners. Now, the DEC has been pursuing ways to improve this program for a while. They've talked about overhauling the legislation, and and they've tried to get it into uh, the state budget a couple of years in a row, but nothing has really hit so far. And so the news now is that they are talking about ways to improve the original plan, 480A, and they're holding a series of meetings around the state to try to figure out how to do that. Um, so we'll see where that story goes. We definitely want to keep the private forest land in New York forest land for everybody, and those tax codes help us do that. Another exciting news item uh, comes from the Lake States uh, on the cross-laminated timber and mass timber front. So the tallest U.S. mass timber structure uh, is a proposed 21-story building that's supposed to be built in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to have both commercial and residential space, and it's supposed to open in 2021. That's a few years out, and they're still trying to get their ducks in a row, but this week a decision was made by the Milwaukee City Council to rezone the proposed location for the project so that it is another step on the way to being built. And that's good news. Mass timber is potentially a big domestic market, but it's not as big yet as it will be. So that building is called the Ascent, and we'll be excited to see what happens. In Northeastern Loggers Association news, we are very much looking forward to our Loggers Plus Expo. Now, the Loggers Plus Expo takes place every other year in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, and It features big equipment and plenty of fun events, like a log loading competition. It's aimed at people from our industry, but it's open to all, open to families, um, open to people that are just interested in learning more about logging equipment. Now that show will take place April 26th and 27th at the Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania Fairgrounds, 
and you can pre-register to attend on our website. That's www.northernlogger.com. And hey, while you're there, you can also subscribe to the Northern Logger magazine. Did you know that the Northern Logger magazine is only $18 a year? $18 a year is about the price of a couple lunches at your favorite diner. It's not too bad for a magazine that keeps you connected with the industry all over the Northeast and the Lake States. If you want to see photos and read the full story on Tina Diamond, you should make sure to get your hands on a copy of our March issue, which is our log trucking issue of the magazine. You will not regret it. Okay, finally, before we hear from Tina, uh, we also have a news update from the people over at NICAM, which is the New York Center for Agricultural Medicine and Health. Uh, they told us about some research they've been doing into logger health and safety, and also about some free health screenings that they have coming up, and why you should check those out. Hi, this is Leanne Hirabayashi. Hi, this is Erica Scott. We're with the Northeast Center for Occupational Health and Safety in Agriculture, Forestry, and Fishing, also known as the NEC. Great. And can you tell me a little bit about what you all have planned for our Bangor Loggers Expo this May? Yeah, so we have a... Um, uh, we're coming up uh, to the export expo, and we're very excited. And we're planning on bringing our. Um, we have a trailer where we can conduct health screenings um, for anyone who comes to the expo, and uh, where we can do things like uh, check uh, your blood pressure, your um, cholesterol, um, vision, things like that. Um, and then we're also, we're conducting a uh, study on uh, a, a research project with Maine loggers, and we're trying to understand what their, um, sort of the, the injuries and illnesses, the chronic conditions. And so we're doing, with those people, we're doing a one-time uh, health screening with uh, whoever, whatever, whoever Maine loggers want to take part in that, and we'll be doing that at the expo as well. So, um, and there we'll be checking, similar to the health screenings that are available to everybody, we'll, we'll be doing blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, checking blood sugar, but we'll also be looking at lung capacity, hearing, um, joint pain, um, and uh, nerve sensitivity. Great. And so why would somebody come in and uh, do this with you all? What would be the advantage in getting checked out? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I would say that most people, you can't just walk into a health screening at a place that you're already at. So the convenience factor, I hope that people really take advantage of it. Uh, sometimes when we call our doctor's offices, it takes a little while to get in there. Um, but ultimately, I think the other part is that this is specifically for loggers. I think, you know, understanding um, how your body is functioning, how you're feeling is super important, not only to you just personally, but also to your work as a logger. Um, when you're feeling good, when you're feeling healthy, you're able to be the most productive that you can be, which ultimately is a great thing. 
Great. And so can you tell me a little bit more about um, you all's work on a regular basis and, you know, what you all do to help people in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So through our center, we've, we've been around for decades and we specialize in health and safety research for really hardworking populations and hardworking occupations. So we've done work with farmers, with loggers, and with commercial fishermen for many, many years. And our hope is that for these high-risk industries, that we can do our small part in making people as safe and as productive at work as possible, and making also people aware that even though health and safety may not always be the most exciting topic, that it is really crucial to, to the productivity and the livelihood of so many folks. Definitely, especially in this industry. Um, so what else should our listeners know about? So I think that um, they should know that we are really, as Leanne said, really excited to come up and meet people in person. We've been really overwhelmed with the response that we've gotten from our uh, project so far. I think a lot of the loggers that may be listening have gotten our mailings in the mail asking for, for details about health and safety through our surveys, and we're just so thankful that folks have been engaged and, and willing to help. And ultimately, you know, our job is then to help the industry in any way that we can. Um, so I would encourage people to stop by to meet us in person after they may have um, heard about us in, in various forms. But uh, I would say that's what we'd like to get out of it. Yeah, we're also hoping that we'll we we should have um, information about the first uh, round of surveys that we did that we'll be able to share with people. So we'll um, we'll have some good information for to share, and we're looking forward to that as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about some of those results as well. Yeah, I think so. I would love to add, though, that if folks do take advantage of the health screening, if you're a logger and do the health screening, you'll get a $25 L.O. Bean gift card as a thank you. So not only will you get all the details about what's going on um, health-wise, but you'll get a little incentive as well. Great. Yeah, that sounds like, you know, a nice pair of socks or something from L.O. Bean. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's hear from Tina. So what is a normal day like for you? Well, my normal day starts with uh, some barn chores. <laughs> I've had, I have chores in the morning and my husband, Bob, has some. And together, everybody gets something to have to eat for breakfast. <laughs> um, in, the, in the wintertime, I, I drive down to the shop to get my truck which isn't, it's not too far away. Some days there's snow in the winter. And in New Hampshire here, we have something called Jessica's Law, where there can't be any snow on any vehicle, subject up to a $500 fine. So snow removal can be a very time-consuming job. (laughs) We have uh, a crane truck that we remove the snow with off the trailers. Just try to make sure everything is, Poop aesthetic, and nobody likes brushing snow off their tractor trailer. It's 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 a cold job. (laughs) But in the summer, in the summertime, I bring my truck home, and that makes the job a little bit easier. Um, I pretty much know where I'm going every night, but sometimes my plans get changed if the crew has a breakdown or the chipper won't start in the in the winter time. Sometimes it doesn't start in the summer either. So. I plan on delivering the chips 
probably three loads, sometimes four, either to the Schiller Station in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or to the two greenhouses, which is Plainview Gardens. One's in Loudoun, New Hampshire, and the other one's in Pembroke, New Hampshire. Sometimes I get a change. If we're overloaded with roundwood, I get to haul logs, which I enjoy. Breaks up the monotony, mm-hmm. and depending on how many loads I do, whether it's chips or logs, depending on where we're working, depends on how many I can can deliver during the day. Usually done around you know, four o'clock or or so. Sometimes later, sometimes much later. And uh, back home to the farm here to do some evening chores. Project of two, maybe cook some dinner and relax before it starts all over again. And so you were telling me when I visited you in New Hampshire that you have uh, sheep um, and and you've got peacocks. Can you tell me a little bit more about your farm? Um, right now we have 30 plus or minus sheep. Um, um, in another week, or could be tomorrow, we're going to start having lambs. And um, so the flock growth will, it will grow. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the, the peacocks are, I pen everything up in the wintertime because they, they can't be out in the snow. It, uh, huh. They're a little bit finicky on wind and snow and, and the cold. So I, I have them in a building with my guinea hens hmm. um, so everybody can use some body heat and stay warm for this winter. And are those, are peacocks tropical birds? Um, they are. They are tropical birds. They they do fine here as long as you keep them out of the, the wind and the snow. So you were also telling me about how your work on the farm keeps you strong. So when you're hauling roundwood and you've got to throw chains and all of that, uh, you're able to, to manage it really well. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, throwing chains is is a, a difficult thing. The first time I ever did it, I think, I'm going to say I had a hard hat on because I almost knocked myself in the head. Um, it, it's just uh, on the farm, you're working, you're, you know, you're shoveling manure, you're throwing hay, you're bringing in wood, you're, you're just working all the time. And right. uh, when you're Working, you know, hauling the logs and throwing those chains, it becomes a little bit more easier to do it if you're if you're physically fit. I want to back up a little bit and uh, talk to you about how you grew up and what it was that got you interested in the trucking industry in the first place. Well, I've always been attracted to trucks ever since I was a little girl, growing up here on the farm and being around farm machinery and tractors. It kind of got under my skin and stayed there. Mm-hmm. After high school, I started exploring how to get my tractor-trailer license. And at uh, 24 years old, my, my husband's steel director's business had a, a tractor-trailer that they needed to haul their equipment. It was a a, a brand of truck they called a, a white. It was an old Prince Spaghetti truck. So I started driving that around with their permission and uh, with a low bed trailer, I acquired my license in 1986 
I was so happy I drove the truck around for free for a while for him. (laughs) (laughs) When I got my license in in 1986, um, the truck was really old, and the licensing officer had to sit on a five-gallon pail. um, And you would never see that happen in in this day and age. (laughs) 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 One summer I worked... uh, for a company doing dirt work and uh, I drove a 1978 Matt. It was a 20-speed a quad box, they called it. It took me almost the whole summer to learn how to drive it properly. And uh, I remember it being a, a lot of work just just to drive it. Lots of black and blues. By the time you got the truck up to speed, it was time to slow down because you arrived at your, your destination. <laughs> <laughs> it the truck was a real beast. It really was. It was. It was quite a summer. A lot of education there. Well, so were you? Uh, besides working on the farm, I understand you had your dad was uh, a truck driver, and and he was actually uh, in uh, something analogous to logging. He drove lumber, correct? Yes, he drove lumber. Um, he also worked at the mill. He did all kinds of jobs at the mill. In the uh, locally here in in New Hampshire, and I, I didn't really have a I couldn't ride with him or anything, but I you know sometimes he would bring the truck home and and so he was doing that as well as working at the mill. You know, so you're a young woman and you're driving in the the industry and you know you're making it work. Can you just talk a little bit about those first years and you know what it was like? being a woman in the industry and, and being a young driver and, uh, you know, how, how you, you know, got started. Well, in the, in the beginning, being a, a female driver at that, at that time frame was, it was very hard to get a job. I was actually bringing, and you know, thank goodness I had access to this tractor trailer from my, my husband's company. Um, I was actually driving it to fill out applications because they didn't believe me. They did not, they did not take me seriously. So I brought the truck with me (laughs) for my, my applications, which I, I did not, did not make out with at all. Um, I had a few jobs, uh, just because I knew the people I drove, uh, some bark mulch, you know, in the winter, nothing that was really solid, you know, five day a week job. Um, so some bark mulch in the winter, uh, you know, some doing some dump truck work in the summer. I continued to drive the low bed for the the steel erection company. I had one job that I really was hoping to get. I applied for it and I had a friend that spoke for me and, and was it was with a fuel company and really wanted that job. And if I, if I had gotten that job back way back then, I probably would still be there today because they're still in business. Wow. I had to change tactics. And so I, I ran into a fellow that was uh, selling his business when I was doing the bark malt. And I ended up purchasing his business and I, I bought my own truck. And then that solved the problem of driving. <laughs> I had uh, I had a uh, 
a business of selling and delivering. I did hay and shavings and grain. And I, I pretty much kept to myself because I, I had my own thing going on. Um, and after about 10 to 11 years of that, I started working where I am now, which is at uh, Fort Mountain in the logging company, and I'm still there now. So, you know, we talked a little bit when I met you before about, uh, you know, the difficulties of being an owner-operator of of your own truck um, and, you know, the challenges but also the great things about it. Uh, can you talk about, you know, that period in your life and then how you decided to make the transition into working for a company again? Well, buying to step that quickly into having your own business and your own truck it was uh it was a huge jump into the water <laughs> i had i had never had my own business and or had my own truck and it uh the changes you know from then to now on you know the prices of things um the cost of repairs um just just staying on the road the way the DOT has, has changed the laws and the rules. It really was uh, difficult at first, but I wanted to do it so desperately that I, I would have, I would have done anything to drive. And there I was driving my own and that it worked well for, for 10 to 11 years. And then when I switched when I switched to where I am today, I, I my truck was getting older. I had uh, 942,000 miles on it. You know, something had had to change. Something had to give, and and I myself needed needed benefits and and things that I didn't have at the time. So that's why I switched in into driving where I am now. So, as uh, somebody who's been in the industry a long time, if you could give any advice to young drivers, what would it be? Oh, the new driver, the young driver, it's so different now than it was back when I got my license. I just, I just got in the truck and I drove it around. I didn't have anybody riding with me. Uh, my advice, one of my mottos is to keep the truck in front of the trailer. <laughs> that 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 is important. <laughs> yes. And you're going to learn you're going to learn from your mistakes. And that's why it's so hard to get your first job driving because most employers want, you know, two to four years of OTR driving just cuz they need that experience cuz they they don't want to give you their truck and have you make all these mistakes <laughs> which you're going to make. So Take your time, develop good habits because it's easier than breaking the bad ones. It takes a long time to get used to your surroundings. Every truck's different. Hopefully some of the mistakes that are made are, are not big ones and everybody goes home safe at the end of the day. Don't be afraid to get out of the truck. Look and if you and need if you need to keep Keep practicing and, and asking questions and and keep going. Have that determination if that's really what you want to do. Something else I wanted to ask you was, you know, in your years on the road, have you had any 
you know, harrowing experiences, things that, you know, made you uh, think twice about driving? Well, I've seen, I've seen a lot, some, some really bad, um, some moments that every driver has. So you, you just can't believe what you just saw. Um, I've been hit by a flying porta potties down in Boston to chunks, huge chunks of ice in New York. Um, and you just never know what it's going to come at you. Uh, one of the experiences I had was a uh, in the winter, and I was going to be moving the fellow buncher to a new location. And, and the, the operator of that machine's name is Bob. And he's someone who likes to stir things up a bit. He's quite a character. But we were all packed up in a route. And it, it was a cold winter's day. You know, it was still clear. But then all of a sudden it started it started snowing and we didn't have a spot where you could safely pull this machine over and, and like leave it for the night. We had to get it where it was going. And by the time we got to this road, we were going to the, the name of the road was center Hill road. And I knew I was hoping that the job was before the Hill, but it wasn't. When we got to the job, it was, there was a good five, to eight inches of snow on the road and Bob's like go for it we can do it we can make that hill we we can we'll get up over that we'll be fine okay so we start and couldn't get too much of a headroom to to get some head of steam going we got almost to the top and that's Many drivers have done this, and your wheels are spinning forward, and the truck's going backwards. Down the hill we went. With the, I looked for an exit point so I could cause little damage, or as much little damage as possible. I ended up in the ditch against a stone wall. Luckily, came to a stop. So after the town arrived and spread some sand and plowed the road, because it seemed to be like this snowstorm and then it stopped it was just this random random thing so we he used his saw head and paddled our way out of there and got out of there nothing was broken it was it was quite a day it was that was that was pretty harrowing right there come down a hill like that with a fellow buncher on the back well i also yeah <laughs> i also had a uh, i had a pendle hitch break on our, our dump truck, I was moving our chipper, and uh, chippers are, they're very dense and heavy, and uh, didn't realize that there was a problem with the pendle hitch, and the chipper came off, and the chipper ended up in the ditch, up against an embankment, and uh, the truck was swaying, and I finally got it to stop, so, and everybody was okay with that one, too. So and that was that was a good day. <laughs> Everybody's safe and nobody got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's that's scary though. I mean it must you know, it must just shake you up when you're when you're behind the wheel, you know, just uh must take a while to relax from something like that. It does, because it, it broke off the pendle hitch and then it was caught on the safety chains. So the chipper actually rear ended me and then pulled back again you know, push the dump truck forward. And then it came in for another hit. So 
on our left side of the road was um, a swampy area, so the whole the whole thing could have been a much worse day. So I'm I'm glad that it turned out the way it did, if it was going to happen at all. Right. You've been on the job that you do for a while now, and it's it's diff- it's a difficult industry to stay in from everything that I I understand. You know, it's it's trying with the different hours and you know, just the nature of the work. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how have you made it work for your whole career? How have you had the consistency and, you know, strength to, to stay in a job that's tough? Uh, just plain determination and just keep trying. I not only love the, the trucking industry, but I needed it years ago when my kids were growing up for income. Right now, I enjoy it, so it doesn't seem like work. Um, I can't say every day is good, because some days it just doesn't go right. But I try to stay calm and, and, and you know, tomorrow will be a better day. Stay at the top of my game. I, I, I just keep practicing uh, to make the the turn the difficult turns or to back it in in an impossible spot without too many problems i try to make it easier for the people who are expecting the truck to either load it on the job you know on the landing so that they don't have to stop what they're doing to you know hook up a skitter and move the truck just because i can't get it there or for the people that I deliver the product to, you know, when and where they want it, keep communications open um, so that they're happy as well. It's, it's just, you just got to keep trying and the determination to keep going. And some days you just want to hang up the keys, but you get back in it. I get back in it the next day. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then something that we talked about in New Hampshire that I just wanted to ask you again is, you know, what's, you've done different kinds of trucking. Um, what is it that's different about uh, doing the log trucking and, and, you know, um, what is it that you enjoy or dis- dislike, you know, either way about working in the forest products industry? I like what I'm doing now in the forest products industry for um, the people I work with. Um, we change, you know, there's a change of scenery. Every time you change a job, you, you're you still kind of running the same roads. But uh, before, with with my own business, I was out in New York a lot. At least it, it gets you off the road and gets you into the woods where there, it's, for me, it's a little bit more challenging if we have a, a really tough woods road, with it, whether it's mud or ice or any any combination of of those things that that happen in the woods you, you have all kinds of obstacles your trees stumps rocks and try to get in there and get the load and get out without damaging the equipment and it just it keeps keeps me off the road more than it did than I was before um and that's what holds my interest in the logging industry and uh, where I go and the, the people that I meet, the other drivers are, are all super people and will help anybody that, that needs a, a hand or 
if if you're broke if something is broken you know they're right there with the tools or trying to get the truck going again for at least so you can get it back to the garage where you can get a permanent fix it's been a, a really good experience that's great so i think that that pretty much covers all of my questions i mean is there anything else that you think we should talk about i know that we had touched on just the conversation about the the trucking industry needs more women drivers. It needs more women that are interested, but I think between the demands of family life and, and, you know, just the history of the industry, um, there aren't a lot of women truckers. And, you know, I, I am curious about your reflections on that as a woman who's supported her family with, with a truck job. I, I see women here, not so much in the forestry industry. I I only know personally, just in this area, two that that I know that I don't see anymore. They're not. They evidently aren't doing it. I don't know why. And they can't hang on and and continue to to do this job. Um, to me, driving was just what something I I always wanted to do. Um, uh, maybe there's maybe there's children that in play where they feel they can't drive or or the the hours sometimes are are tough until you find the right niche you know for your family to work out thank you again for for taking time to do the interview i'm sure that our readers will be really interested to not only read the article about you but uh, hear your voice on the podcast well, that's it. It's been a great day. I, I've never done one before. It was a good experience. Thank you for listening to the Northern Logger Podcast. Hope everybody has a great month and happy cutting.